uh, uh, I do want to share some things with you tonight. I want to continue kind of in the vein that we uh, were in this morning on healing. And uh, um, it's, it's an important topic and it's an important subject. I was talking to Sister Iris after church and she uh, mentioned to me, she said, she said, I need to study more on healing and healing scriptures. I said, we all do. And, uh, you know, faith comes, how? Huh? By praying for it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it comes by hearing. You know, it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say faith comes by having heard the Word of God. And we've all heard uh, messages on healing in our life. We've heard messages on God's power and God's omnipotence and God's greatness. And uh, we've read the promises of God, but that doesn't mean that, well, once we've done it or heard it, then, you know, that we're done with it. Faith comes by a continual hearing of the Word of God. And um, in, 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 uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, uh, Solomon talks about the Spirit of God through Solomon in, in Proverbs chapter 4 talks about, he said, My son, attend to my words. Attend, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Um, let them not depart. And he's talking about the Word of God. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, the Word of God, God's words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's what the, the, the Bible says about the Word of God. It's held through our flesh. So we need to feed on it. We need to meditate on it. And that's why I told Sister Iris, I said, we need to, all of us need to be continually, no matter what we're reading or studying, in the Word of God, we're doing our daily reading, reading through it, or studying a topic or a subject. And I think we need to do both. But I think we need to always be doing some type of reading and studying and meditating on scriptures that pertain to health and healing. Amen. And um, the, 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 the promises of God to keep our heart full of that because that will build faith in your heart and in your life in those areas. You know, um, you, you, the Bible says, here I go. I didn't even read my text yet. Um, <laughs> Hosea, I believe it was Hosea said, uh, God spoke through him and said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. For just not knowing. Amen. And, and that's what we are attempting to do here in teaching and preaching the Word of God is to, is, to, is to solve that problem of lack of knowledge. I want to give you, to the best of my ability, teach you the Word of God, that you'll have a knowledge of the Word, that you'll know the Word, that you'll know what belongs to you in Jesus Christ, what the promises of God are for your life. And so I felt impressed of the Lord this past week to minister this morning on healing. We had a powerful service, a prayer line, healing line today. People were touched and ministered to. 
And, um, and then I just felt instructed of the Holy Spirit to continue in that vein tonight and possibly for the next few Sunday nights. Maybe this, maybe our Sunday nights here for a few weeks will be a, like a mini uh, healing school. Just some teaching on healing and the, what the Bible says about it. And I want to deal with uh, the, what, what, what I refer to as what about the what abouts. Well, you know, because people have questions about healing. All of us do. And say, well, Brother Rick, you know, what about this? Or what about that? And uh, I want to try to deal with that for the next few weeks. Talk a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of times people become discouraged. I don't know if any of y'all ever have been discouraged or not. I have. And uh, some get discouraged in the area of healing because they have prayed and they've tried to believe God and they've stood on the Word and, and, uh, and seemingly have received little or no results. They've been prayed for, had hands laid on, on them, anointed with oil as the Bible says to do, James chapter 5. And, and, and maybe didn't get any results. Um, and it can be discouraging. So we want to try to answer some, uh, some questions concerning healing over the next few Sunday nights. Amen? And, uh, and it, because it's one thing, folks, to know the Scripture, and it's another thing to believe the Scripture. Right? It's one thing it, it, to, to know it, but it's quite another to appropriate the promises by faith and experience in them in our lives. And I've been on both ends of this spectrum. I've been healed in my life, and uh, there's been times that I have not been healed. I have, uh, I, my, our kids, when they were growing up, we have saw God touch and heal them. And I've told you some of those stories. And then, you know, we've seen times when they were not healed. And um, so, you know, we, 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 un we don't understand a lot of times. And we have that tendency to, to ask, well, why? I, I, I've prayed for people that were sick and saw God heal them. And then I've also stood by the bedside of godly saints and I have watched them die and I'm sure that every one of us can relate to that we know and there's time that that you know we, we we ask that question why and I don't have all the answers but we're going to look in the word of God and see what we can find out okay is that all right? I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim uh, anything like that. But I do know that God's will, as I preach to you this morning, I do know that God's will, if there's one thing I know, God's will is for you to be healed, healthy, and well physically in your body. That is the will of God. We have to establish that. I tried to establish that fact this morning, and hopefully I did, and we'll be touching on that a little bit more. But he is still Jehovah Rapha. Let me read to you today from Exodus 15, 26 tonight. And uh, I quoted this verse, or read this verse actually this morning as well. But it says this, and if you, uh, and, and God said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, 
and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commands and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is the I am, not the I was. And I said, well, you know, that's Old Testament. That was for Israel. That's not for us today. That name, that is a redemptive name of God given in the Old Covenant, Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, our healer. I told you this morning it means uh, God, our physician, the Lord, our physician. And it's a redemptive name that was fulfilled, given to God's covenant people, but also fulfilled in Jesus Christ at the cross. He said, I am the Lord, not I was, not I will be. He's the great I am, not the great I used to be. Come on, amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, he is Jehovah Rapha. I still believe that and I still stand on that. So, what about some of the questions that people have? And there's a variety of questions and there's a variety of opinions and experiences and a lot of misconceptions about the subject of healing. As I said the, this morning to y'all, we are, we are Pentecostal believers. We are full gospel believers. We believe the entirety of the Word of God, and uh, we believe that the promises are for us today. We are not cessationists. We do not believe that uh, that the uh, that miracles ceased with the the, the death of the, of the last apostle. We do not believe that the gifts of the Spirit ceased with the death of the last apostle. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that God is the same. And He said, "I am the Lord; I change not." Amen. So uh, I don't believe God has two different churches. I don't believe he had a, a early church and then this the church today is different. I believe God has one church. And the church that he left here and established here in the book of Acts is the same church that you and I are a part of today. The same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost and baptized the 120 Amen, and filled every believer that came to the Lord and received that experience is the same Holy Ghost that you and I have tonight. Amen. Praise God. So we need to understand that and believe that. And so there are a lot of uh, experiences and, and, and different ideas and uh, about healing. But as I said this morning, we cannot go by experience. You cannot base Bible doctrine on your experience. Are you listening? Uh, Bible doctrine and teaching must be based on the Word of God. We can't lower the truth of the Bible to our experience. We must, we must gauge our experience by what the Word of God, by what the Bible says. So there are a lot of different questions that people have. And I want to uh, look at, to the Word of God. And we'll go as far as we can tonight with the few minutes that we have and uh, try to answer some common questions that people have. Here's some examples, and here's some of the things that I hope that we can cover in the next few weeks in answering this questions, these questions. Some questions that people ask concerning healing. 
People have said, isn't God sovereign when it comes to healing? I touched on that this morning. I'll deal a little bit more with that tonight. But uh, people say that, well, isn't God sovereign? Isn't he the one who decides who gets healed and who does not get healed? The question also people have is, well, doesn't God use sickness to teach us things or to humble us? Uh, Some ask, well, isn't salvation, there's more important things than healing. Isn't salvation more important than healing? And we'll answer that question. I think the obvious answer is yes. But, you know, has God given us just a choice of one or the other? Huh? You know, no. Um, But people ask that question. And then the question arises, well, what about doctors and hospitals and medicine and those type of things? What about Christians? And, 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 you know, this question comes up a lot. What about Christians who get sick and die? And we've all know of believers, Christians that have gotten sick and have not received their healing and have died. What about that? Well, you know, how do we handle that situation? A lot of people ask, well, what about, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? And we're going to try to uh, deal with that, talk about that. What about Job's boils, you know? What about old Job there? You know, if sickness isn't God's will, some people ask this question. Well, if, if sickness is not the will of God and healing is the will of God, how are people going to die? If they, you know, if, if God healed you every time you got sick, how would you ever die? Boy, there's a biblical answer to that whether you know that or not amen and uh, um, what are afflictions what are sufferings what are chastening is it God's will to heal everyone all the time and we want to cover some of those questions again I'm not going to give you what I think about that but I want to I want to do my best to point you to the scriptures and let's see what the word of God has to say. So let's take this first one uh, tonight. Isn't God sovereign? And I, I mentioned this in my message this morning. I was just kind of like I told you this morning. I just, you know, I was just following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and God was was touching uh, several different areas. But we were dealing with the main thought or subject of healing of of. Uh, divine healing, physical healing by God being the will of God for the believer, that it is his will to heal. And uh, I think we established that or tried to, but uh, isn't God sovereign? Well, let me tell you this. Make no mistake about this, ladies and gentlemen. God is sovereign. We believe here in the sovereignty of God And uh, we believe that God is almighty. How many believe that? He's the almighty God. There's no other above him. He can do anything that he chooses, any time that he chooses, and he answers to no one. He's the almighty. He's the creator. He is the sovereign God. God can, and uh, when it comes to healing. Now, what about the, the sovereignty of God when it comes to divine healing? God can and God does initiate healing in people's lives supernaturally and sovereignly at times. I want you to get that. He does sovereignly 
he, he does initiate healing in people's lives supernaturally and uh, just because he is God and he can do what he wants to, he can heal anybody he wants to at any time. Do you agree with that? He can, do, he can do that. He has done that. Do you know God in the Bible? And we, we probably even know of individuals that are, were not Christians or were not saved that God supernaturally healed. I've heard people say, well, I just don't understand that. So-and-so don't really live right, live for God. And, and God healed them. And here I am, and I'm living for Jesus. I'm a super saint, and God don't do nothing for me. Well, that's one of the problems right there. You've got yourself in a mess. <laughs> Amen. You know, people say, well, I, if anybody deserves healing, I do. No, you don't, you don't get healed by, by, because you deserve healing. We get healing just like we get anything else from the, God, from the Lord. We get it by his grace, by his mercy, and we, we receive healing because of what Jesus did on the cross for us and the price that he paid for us on Calvary. It doesn't have anything to do with how good he two-shoes I am or I earn it or I deserve it. Amen. I don't know if I get what I deserve. I've heard people say, well, I don't deserve this. Well, if you get what you deserve, we don't, we don't deserve anything. Everything we get from God is because of his mercy. Thank God for his mercy that endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't need, uh, you know, I, I don't need justice in my life. I need his mercy in my life. So God uh, has, even in the past, healed those who didn't believe in healing. I don't have time to go into a lot of detail, but, you know, in the scripture, if you remember, if you remember, uh, was it King Jeroboam who set up the, the, the calf worship in Samaria and Israel that he, you know, he set up that calf worship and, and uh, God sent a prophet to Jeroboam to prophesy against the altar. Remember that? And it's just, I, I, you know, I, it's just kind of coming to my mind and I'm going to share, with you, share it with you as it comes to me. But, but the prophet came to prophesy against the calf worship and against the altar that Jeroboam had there. And Jeroboam, ungodly, wicked king, reached out to grab that prophet. He was probably going to, you know, he's laying his hands on him. He was probably going to do something to him. And when he did, God smote him in judgment and his arm shriveled up. Remember that? And don't touch God's anointing. Amen. And so his arm shriveled up, and Jeroboam, you know, here he was and, and uh, with that arm shriveled up, but the man of God, the prophet, prayed for him, and God healed this wicked king, sovereignly healed him. Amen. Jeroboam wasn't believing God. He wasn't, he wasn't meditating on the Word. <laughs> Amen. But God sovereignly healed him. So God has even healed sinners. Amen. I said, God has even healed sinners. Praise God. Back in the 70s, the Catherine Kuhlman meetings, there were people in Catherine Kuhlman's meetings, some miraculous things that took place. But there were people in those, in those auditoriums that, uh, that were there, some of them as skeptics 
And Miss Kuhlman would just point up in an area of that, of that auditorium and say, somebody up here is being healed of a certain disease. And, and there's many testimonies from people that were skeptics and not believers that received healing as a sovereign act of God. They became believers after God healed them. And, you know, I was mentioning today uh, after church when we were talking to someone, and, you know, the people that came to Jesus for healing in the Gospels, they weren't born-again believers. Amen? They came to him with their sicknesses and with their needs, and Jesus had compassion on them, and Jesus healed them, and then they began following him. They came for the loaves and the fishes and the healings and, and, and the miracles, and he had compassion on them. He healed those that, that didn't even necessarily, you know, um, uh, weren't necessarily followers of him. So uh, there, there are times that, that God himself initiates the healing of that individual. We read in, in, in Luke chapter number 7, we read about the widow of Nain. You remember that widow of Nain. She, she's a widow. Her husband has died. She has one only son, and her son dies, and they're carrying his body. They're, they've got him on the, the bier or the, the coffin type of thing, and they're carrying him to the cemetery. And as they're on their way into the city um, or out of the city, Jesus and his disciples are coming into the city. She, This widow is ob oblivious to Jesus. She doesn't even realize who he is or that he's there. She's weeping. She's sobbing because her son has died. They're on on their way to the burial place, to the, to the grave, to lay him to rest, his body to rest. And Jesus looks at her and sees her. And the Bible said that he was moved with compassion on her. And he stopped the funeral procession. And he said to that widow, weep not, weep not. Boy, let me tell you, when Jesus tells you to weep not, you know what he why he says that? He's getting ready to take away the reason for your weeping. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, he walked up there and he touched the casket or the coffin that that body was on. And as soon as he did, that young man came back to life and set up and Jesus took him and delivered him back to his mother. She wasn't praying for that. She wasn't beseeching the Lord. She was oblivious to the fact that he was even there, but he sovereignly initiated that miracle because he was moved with compassion upon that woman. Amen? The woman that was bowed together for 18 years couldn't lift herself up. I thought about that story the other day, you know, and I was, I was sitting thinking, and I thought, you know, our church has been in existence for 18 years. And, I, and the thought came to me, that's how long that that woman was bowed together and couldn't live. A spirit of infirmity attacked her and had her bowed down and bowed together for 18 long years. And there Jesus was in the synagogue teaching one day and that woman was there. It didn't say she asked for healing. It didn't say she came to him. But Jesus looked at her while he was teaching and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he touched her glory. God, I, I 
am about to get excited. And he touched her and immediately she was made straight and began to glorify God. When she was loosed from that spirit of infirmity, that which was holding her over. You know, there's a lot of things that doctors diagnose and maybe don't have an answer for that is merely a spirit that is binding and afflicting that person. And when the spirit is loose from off of them, praise God, healing is there because when the source of that problem is removed, the healing comes. But she didn't initiate that. God initiated that. Right? So yes, God can sovereignly and does sovereignly move and heal as he desires in people's lives. But that's the exception rather than the rule. Amen? And not all healing, now listen to me, not all healing is a result of a sovereign act of God because we see in Scripture that a believer, a child of God, can initiate his own healing by prayer and faith in the promises of God. You, if you need healing, can initiate that healing. What I, I quoted the Scripture, read it to you this morning from James chapter 5. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. And uh, they let those elders pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick, save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed sins, it, they shall be forgiven them. Who initiates that healing there in that situation? The believer that is sick calls for the elders, asks for prayer and for, a, for to be anointed and to prayed for, to be prayed for. So the believer in that situation initiates that healing. I talked to you this morning and mentioned the woman with the issue of blood, how she had that issue for 12 long years, and she heard that Jesus was passing through town. And she said that if I can touch the hem of his garment, if I can get to where Jesus is and touch the hem of his garment, but I know I will be healed. And she pressed through the crowd. Amen. God didn't just sovereignly meet her at home and heal her. She pressed through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said to her, well, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Who initiated that miracle? Jesus did not initiate it. The woman with the issue of blood initiated that miracle. Jesus was passing through the city of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem as he comes out of Jericho, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, is sitting by the highway side begging for alms, and he hears the commotion, and he says, what is all this commotion? What, what's all the noise? Where's, where's everybody going? He could tell by his hearing that, it, that there was a great crowd of people, and somebody said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Hallelujah. When he heard that, he began to cry out. 
out and he, he pitched his voice in the direction of where he heard that crowd and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Well, some of the people there said, you need to hush, Bartimaeus. Don't cry out to Jesus. Leave him alone. He don't want nothing to do with you. Boy, there's a lot of devils today Try to get you to quit asking and believing God for your healing. But I love that story of Bartimaeus when they told him to hush. The Bible said he cried out the more. He just got louder. He just cried out more and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that Jesus stood still. He stopped and commanded him to be called. And Jesus said, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, Bartimaeus, your faith has made you whole. Who initiated the miracle? It wasn't just a sovereign act of God. It was Bartimaeus exhibiting faith and believing God and calling on the Lord and appropriating the healing that Jesus had to offer. Can I get an amen? Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. So, so, so we must many times, most of the time, initiate the promise of God or appropriate the promise of God and initiate that healing. There's a teaching that goes around that says that everything that comes our way Everything that happens to us must be accepted as the will of God for us. So, therefore, that teaching goes on to say, well, if that's the case, then a believer, when a, when a Christian believer is attacked by a sickness or by a disease, then they are to just humbly accept that as God's will for them because God apparently allowed that to happen. One man made the statement he was in the hospital and he had a terrible sickness. He wound up, eventually he did die, and he didn't get healed, but uh, he wasn't, he, he, he subscribed to this particular teaching because he told, he made this testimony, and he told this to me. He said this to me. He said one of the nurses there in, in his room, when, he, when they came into, he was in so much pain, he was going through so much, she said, uh, she called his name and said, you know, you've just been through so much, I just don't know how you do it. And he made the statement, and here's what he said, well, in a sad, sad voice, he said, well, I just play the hand that God dealt me. That's a lie from hell. God didn't deal him that hand of sickness. God's not dealing cards to begin with, but he's definitely not dealing you a dead man's hand. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, needless to say, the man died. He didn't get healed, but he didn't try to get healed. He didn't exhibit any faith to be healed. He wasn't even asking God to heal him because he, he believed that God sovereignly dealt that hand to him and allowed that to happen to him, so he just had to receive it. And that's not, listen, that's not what the Bible teaches. God may... God may allow things to happen, but just because something is allowed to happen doesn't mean that that is God's will for your life. 
And somebody said, well, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, what, what, what about David and Bathsheba? Was it God's will for David to commit adultery with Bathsheba and try to cover it up and kill her husband? Was that the will of God? No, it wasn't the will of God. Yet God allowed that to happen in David's life. God did not initiate that. God did not cause that to happen. Satan did. Right? But yet it was allowed to happen. Could God have prevented it from happening? I guess he could have. David's up there on the, on the rooftop of the palace looking around one night and looks over there and sees Bathsheba bathing and uh, begins to desire her and calls for her. Well, you know, why didn't God just... Why didn't God just temporarily smite him with blindness so he couldn't see her? It's getting quiet now, ain't it? Huh? I'll tell you why, because you got it right there. God does not violate your free will. Amen? (laughs) If God was smiting with blindness every time a Christian looked at something that they shouldn't look at, Ain't too many of us be seeing anything. Huh? God doesn't violate our free will, right? He'll allow you. He'll allow you to to be tempted by the enemy, to be tested. But he's not initiating that temptation. Amen. So it's the same thing. with, with sickness and disease. Everything that comes your way is not necessarily the will of God for your life. So we determine that by the Word of God. God is sovereign and God is almighty and He has in His sovereignty. Listen to this. Now here's what I want to touch on here. In God's sovereignty, God has given us His written Word which is His will. True, his word is his will, and he's given it to us. Amen. And what we know, this, is, this Bible is a revelation of God to us. And what we know about God, we know about God from this book. And that's all that you're going to know about God is what you know about him from the word of God. And so this book is his will. And God, now listen to what I'm going to tell you. God has told us in this book what he will do, what he's going to do. He's given us prophecy. He's given us um, uh, the, the, the word of God to tell us what's going to happen, how the end is going to come about, everything that's going to happen. And God, listen, God will not just perform sovereign acts that are contrary to what he's already stated in his word. He's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he'd do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Amen? So like when it comes to prophetic events, God has it laid out through the Old Testament, Old Testament prophecies, New Testament prophecies. God tells us, the word of God tells us what God is planned, what God's plan is and God's not going to change that he's not just going to move sovereignly he can move sovereignly to bring about and does to bring about what he's promised to do am I making any sense okay 
And so he's going, that he's going to do that. That's the way it's going to be. He's made covenant with Israel. He's promised Israel will be restored. He's promised Israel that they will be a great nation again. He said in his word that they're going to go through a time of Jacob's trouble, which is a seven-year tribulation period that they're going to go through and be chastened severely, but that chastening will bring them back to God and they will be birthed as a nation in a day. Praise God. God's not going to change his mind about that and decide to do something different sovereignly he's given us his word in in the bible okay all right so people sometimes when it comes to healing they'll pray lord i i you know touch me and heal me if it be your will i dealt with this a little bit this morning as well because they think that in God's sovereignty, he may want them to be sick for some divine purpose. So if it's your will, heal me. If it's not your will, don't. If this sickness is serving some divine purpose in my life, just, you know, let that be. And that's not the way that we pray for healing. Because in God's sovereignty, God has already stated throughout his word that it is his will to heal us of sickness and disease that he wants us well. Amen. Praise God. It's his will that we, John said, that his will is that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Amen. Jesus, if you know, Jesus never turned anybody away, did he? Anybody that ever came to him, he never did, and, and crying out for mercy, and he, he never turned them away and said, no, I'm, it's not God's sovereign will for you to be healed. I've sovereignly chose this one to be healed or that one to be healed, but not you. Amen. Healing is the children's bread. Jesus said that. How many children of God we got here today? Did Jesus tell us to pray uh, in that model prayer, give us this day our daily bread? Come on. Well, that means our provision. Yes, it does. But praise God, healing is part of that provision. Claim those promises every day. Pray over your body every day. Pray that God will keep you well every day. Hallelujah. And claim that health and healing that he died on that cross to provide for you. And if you need healing, believe him for it. It's yours. It's the children's bread. That's what he told that Syrophoenician Greek woman that that was out of the covenant of God. He said it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But you know what? She initiated a healing for her daughter by saying, yeah, that may be right and I might be a dog and I might not have a covenant but I know that the dogs still get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table and I'm telling you what Jesus said I hadn't seen such great faith she didn't have a promise of healing but her faith initiated a miracle for her daughter and she received the healing for her daughter Amen. According to your faith, the Bible says, be it unto you. So Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He always did what pleased the Father. He made that statement. He said, I always do what pleases Him. And He healed all that came to Him. Or the Father did it through Him in His earthly ministry. Acts 10, 38 says how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Ghost in power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So when it comes to healing, we don't have to wonder what the will of God is because he's declared his sovereign will in the verse that I read to you this morning and tonight. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Praise God. I'm going to stand with that. Can I get an amen? I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. Deuteronomy uh, 30 and 19, God gives thee, and I'm closing because I'm getting tired, and I've had a long day, and I didn't get much of a nap. (laughs) And I need to get something to eat and go to bed. We might already edit all that out. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I do want to close. It's about getting that time. Deuteronomy 30, 30 and 19, if I can find it. I'll read this verse here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on here. Deuteronomy 30. There it is. Praise God. He says this. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you. Now listen. I have set before you. This is God talking. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So who's making the choice? You are. I am. God has set it before us. And, you know, he set it before Israel. He has set that before us. In his sovereign will, he says, this is, this is what you have before you. You have life and blessing and, and health and healing and everything that comes with the blessing of God. That's through Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. On this side, you have the curse, which includes sickness, disease, poverty, all the things that are under the curse that was listed in Deuteronomy 28. Okay, and here's the blessing, here's the curse. And he says, you make the choice. And then God's real good about it. He tells you which one to choose. And he says, just in case you're, uh, just so you don't make a mistake, here's a hint, choose life. Choose this. This ble- choose the good stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. God's not going to choose for you. It's like I said this morning, He's not sovereignly chosen some to be saved and some to be lost. Amen. We're all born into this world lost. Jesus died for everybody. But everybody has to make their own choice about whether they accept Jesus, choose life, and choose blessing, or choose the wrong road, and you got the curse. And, 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 and so many times things bad happen in people's life because of the stupid choices they make. 
Those old Geico commercials, those are some good ones, but years ago, <laughs> years ago, you know, they had the, the Geico commercials, and the thing was, we all do dumb things. Has anybody ever done anything dumb, huh? Anybody ever made a dumb decision, stupid decision sometime in your life and done something, you know, that you shouldn't have done? And we all do have done dumb things. And so a lot of times we're reaping consequences in our life because we've chosen wrong. We've done, made the wrong choice in our life. And we all do that. And, and, and so God's always, that's why every day we need to pray. Every day, start your day with prayer. Every day that started with prayer and asking God for guidance and direction in your life is going to be a day that will go so much better for you than a day that you just launch out to do your own thing. Amen. I see you all really excited about that. <laughs> but it's true. So God has set that before us. Life and death, blessing, cursing. He said, choose life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back. Amen. And so God tells us to choose. In, in his sovereignty, in God's sovereignty, and he is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he's not going to do the choosing for you or me. He gives us the choice and tells us which one to pick. In his sovereign will, he says, choose what is right, and then you'll have the blessing of God.